almost learned something. And then, just as importantly, we did not. You know, I think we always try to do these like cute little natural intros, but I'm so eager to just get into the thick of it that, hey, what's up? I'm Nick. <laughs> and I'm Kyle, and we have a, a new challenger has appeared today. Yes, uh, Chris, and this show has defeated me. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is the Big Bang Theory theory. Uh, maybe our catchphrase from now on should just be, this show has defeated me. <laughs> um, Chris, who are you? Why are you here? Why am I here? Uh, well, I am somebody who uh, really strongly, before watching a full episode, strongly disliked the Big Bang Theory. And then Kyle said, you want to come on this podcast where you have to watch a full episode? And I'm a glutton for both the spotlight and punishment, so yeah. I showed up. Well, and also to be clear, I think you were in the same boat as I was when we started doing this podcast, which is you hated it, but you hadn't actually witnessed it yourself. Yeah. well, and I Aside think, from bits of it. Yeah, I'd seen bits of it, so I knew that it was probably not for me. And then it became so popular. And I really didn't like that it uh, promoted itself as the nerdiest show on television when obviously that's Community, which was airing at the oh. same time slot. So I had I had a personal vendetta as a fan of that show. Right. Well, and then so this, can I just say for a minute how surreal this entire experience is? Because Nick is my friend, Chris is my friend. This is now you're not like I have two friends, <laughs> and, and, and now they know each. This is like I mean, this is like that scene in the last Avengers movie where Thor meets the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like I suppose technically these people were always in the same universe. That was the whole point. But now they're hanging out, and now we're back to reality. That's about <laughs> who we are and what we do. Um, before we actually talk about the episode itself, I, I want to just get uh, Chris your your first impressions of your experience. You said that the, the show has defeated you, but if you get like a quick summary of what you just went through yeah well i we started it and i thought okay this is bad but it's not so bad yeah and then it just slowly wore me down and it just got a little <laughs> bit worse and a little bit worse i don't think that this could possibly be the worst episode of this series but it was not good yeah this is definitely one of the worst ones oh okay. so <laughs> it's not like you're just not it's not like you're you're too sensitive to it for first in, encountering it. No, this one just sucked. Okay, no, but it was weird. And I, well, before we get into it, was it was terrible in some in some really unique. It pulled a, that was my impression, not that anyone asked. But this episode was terrible in some new and surprising ways. It caught me off guard. I, that's, I mean, that's why I kind of want to get to it. It pulled out a whole new way of being awful that I hadn't expected before. So Nick, why don't you? Uh, yeah, why don't you do the summary. Do my quick summary. This one's really. Super simple because it's uh, the episode starts with the gang uh, putting together. Well, they've just finished building uh, a death robot, like you know, BattleBot style. And it's got a big saw blade on the end of it. They're testing it out. Big fun, whatever. Penny comes over, makes fun of them for being nerds. Whoa! And uh, Wallowitz starts aggressively hitting on her as he always does. But for the first time, Penny says, "You're a fucking creep. Fucking stop creeping on me." <laughs> And that breaks Wallowitz's heart. He goes to hide in bed for the rest of the episode and be depressed. Meanwhile, the, the rest of the gang uh, accepts a challenge from someone else at the university who has built a his own death robot and whose defining characteristic is a cartoon-like speech impediment. Uh, Penny goes to try to make things up with Wallowitz uh, as she's comforting him. Uh, and after she apologizes... They're sitting next to each other on the bed, and he still goes in for a kiss because he's learned nothing from his experience. 
uh, and she breaks his nose with her hand. And then they go back to the apartment uh, to meet up with the rest of the gang who had suffered a uh, brutal defeat from the other uh, university guy and his superior battle machine. And and that's it. Everyone starts, ends where they started. Uh, but I think... Yeah. Do you, so for the, it's worth... What are the very last... What's the very last line of this episode? I don't remember the exact wording, but it is along the lines of I'm half, it's, it's Wallowitz, and he's saying, I'm halfway there to pity sex, blackout. Yeah, roll credits. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, we just, let's, let's just start with what happened to Wallowitz. I, I'll, I was so shocked in a refreshing way, because Penny unloads on him. It's, he's doing this whole thing. Where he's like, oh, aren't we flirting? This is our game, right? We just, we're always in this little tete-a-tete and eventually we're going to move past this appetizer portion of our relationship onto the entree. And Penny just, she's not having it. And she's like, you're creepy and you're pathetic. And you've always been creepy and pathetic and you always will be. And you're going to die alone. And I don't remember if in response to that, if the if the audience actually went, aww. I don't think they did. They you did, got a couple like, of those later. <laughs> yeah, they do it a couple lines later when he leaves. Yeah, but the the initial uh, reckoning, I think... But there was no like, woo, you tell him either. It was there wasn't like that. silence. Yeah, I think that was a, a group of, you know, however many, like 100 or 200 people just going, oh, fair enough. Well, cause, <laughs> yeah, because it's a little bit... I mean, I'm not, like, like you said, it was refreshing, but it was also just weirdly out of nowhere and a little bit like a, I don't want to call it a, but it's just like after a season and a half of establishing that basically the dynamic is Wallowitz can, for whatever, has some magical plot armor that allows him to say things that should be constantly getting him punched and just nothing happens. It's like she just comes out of the blue and was like, let's just, let's clear the air for a minute. Um, yeah, you've never been cool. This is never going to work. You deserve to die alone. And it's just like, oh, yeah. What about you, Chris? Because you, I mean, I know uh, you have seen the Wallowitz character before, and one yeah. episode is enough to learn everything about him. Yeah, he's like a almost like a Quagmire from Family Guy. Yeah, yeah. and I don't know if it's because Family Guy is animated that it doesn't seem as obnoxious or maybe it's because he's a side character in well you, show, you know that no matter how how creepy a cartoon is they're never really going to sexually assault somebody sure, right <laughs> that's like and yeah. if they do you're like ah, maybe it'll be funny but that's not a real life thing yeah quagmire is actually more i mean we did talk about this once before quagmire is actually worse than Wallowitz. he's sure. also a fucking cartoon character right? yeah. in like a it's well, like he's worse as far as the straight up um being a creep goes but also, he is more charming. Like, Quag- yeah, he's an airline yeah. pilot. Yeah, Quagmire is a creep, but he's a creep in the way where he is like a legitimately charming guy who takes advantage of people. Mm-hmm. While Wallowitz is the version that like is he is the hammer constantly trying to beat himself against the nail. It's he, he's not learning anything. It's just he's he, here's here's the thing that's only sort of related, which is when he. When Wallowitz uh, decides to hide in his room for a couple of days, uh, dealing with the intense hit of reality that, that Penny served upon him, he's just hanging out in a bathrobe and his his hair's a little bit disheveled and it's kind of coming down over one eye. And I'm like, I would totally be into emo Wallowitz. Yeah, that's I had that same weird thought. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is, this oh, is oh, a, it's not just me. This is well, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I the words "totally into" were never, but I did think. 
this is a bet like the 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 without the weird because he like the, and that's the other thing he has in common with uh quagmire is he rocks like a weird aesthetic with like the uh-huh. giant belt buckles and the like sweater vest and the bowl cut hair and he just like walks around like this is the most naturally like charming fucking look imaginable and so in the scene where he's like falling apart in his room and he just has like normal hair like just not having that fucking bowl cut hair do that he apparently actively puts on in the morning. I just assume it did that on its own. Goes like ninety percent of the way to make him look like a normal human being again. Yeah, that and the not weird belt buckles. Also true, and I think just not being so hyperactively sexual. Like I, I would, I would totally hang with moody, creepy Wallowitz. That's someone I can, I can appreciate at yeah. least. You know, you know he's sexually harassing people, but mostly online when you're not there. One of the one of the problems that the the, the gang experiences is while Wallowitz is so depressed, uh, the the rest of the the gang have uh, a chat about how they can't really do anything else to the robot in the meantime because Wallowitz is the engineering guy. I just realized how fucked up that is. I mean, the Big Bang Theory does this a lot, but it's like, we have to come up with a reason why why the rest of them care that Wallowitz is having an emotional breakdown. If well, it were just like, he hasn't come to work in three days and no one's sure if he's hung himself in his room, that would like not be a good enough reason. It's like, no, our robot is going to get destroyed, guys, if we don't yeah. do something. Well, that's something I didn't think a lot about, but it really is... So by, by day two or three or whatever it is, they haven't gone to see him. No. They, it's it's Leonard convinces Penny to do it against her will so she can apologize so they can have him for the robot competition. Yeah. Not, we're worried about how Wallowitz is doing and want him to feel better. It's, we started a challenge with someone that has only appeared in this episode. I was going to ask if this was the first time we had ever seen Professor Elmer Fudd. Yeah, that's he's he's never appeared before, uh, and he, he was just there as a plot device. Um, as are, oh man, we have to talk about Stephanie again. <laughs> but yeah, as is every other character that is not the the main five people. Yeah, where are they getting these archetypes? I guess for these scientists, because it's like the four main characters. I get like how they divvied up the personality between them, but it's it's like where are they get? Okay, we need someone to really like boss, like really be the bully of this episode but he has he can't pronounce certain consonants yeah it's so i have such mixed feelings i already can't remember the character's name kripke kripke yes and his kripke and his his robot is the crippler or quippler i guess yeah but yeah like he's he's just a dude like he is i think the most realistic nerd that has been on the show except for the the speech impediment because it's that's his whole joke like they don't make jokes about him having a speech impediment really it's just he pronounces things like wubba and wooey that's it that's all he is but he also just like penny reality checks um leonard about what a creepy is when um the, the gang are talking with him about the competition and the party afterwards uh, and, you know, how there's going to be girls there or whatever, and how Wallowitz they're worried about because he's a, a weird creep that can't talk to women. Uh, oh, he called her doable. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that was the That was straw. the thing, was right. doable. But that's not really... Well, don't go there. You don't know. No, I'm not saying... I'm not going to say whether it's bad or good, but I'm saying it's par for the course. Yeah, it's definitely not the worst like, thing he's ever he's, said. He's been much more forward and graphic. Like, yeah, it's to say she's doable, like... 
she had a bad day, and it was a long time coming, but that was not yeah. beyond the pale. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's I just... fine. I do that to you six times a minute, so it's <laughs> I, I have it's karma is on your side. Uh, but yeah, it's he he says to the other nerds, it's like we're all creeps that don't know how to talk to women. That's why we build fighting robots. In the series, it should have been blackout <laughs> series over. <Yeah. laughs> it just like it surprised me that it takes four of them. To build one robot that is inferior to uh, the Kripke, whatever his name was. Yeah. yeah. That's just one dude who built a much better robot than the four, like, nerdy brains combined. Yes, that well, is, I did I did wonder about that. Well, so that's, that's a recurring thing, how they are all so smart, yet they're all so easily bested by anyone with any degree of common sense. Um, like, the very first episode is... They need to go to Penny's giant gorilla man ex-boyfriends to get furniture or clothes or something. And like get into the building, they, they don't have the key or they're not, he's not going to let them in or anything. Some Girl Scouts come in, push all the buttons, the door opens, and they, they're like, Jesus Christ, how did they think to do that? Although I wanted to say really quick, that first, that pilot episode, in this episode, that there's a callback to that, which is Leonard basically says to Penny, hey... You go apologize to Wallowitz. Why? There's no good reason why, but you owe me one for that time I got mugged yeah. by her. And that is literally the first time in this show's history that one episode has mentioned something that ever happened in it. Like, that is the most conscious that the show has ever been yeah, I was of, surprised. like, any past history. I don't want to talk too much about this because it's not interesting, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think there were, like, really... Any, like, real jokes in this episode? No. Well, I noticed that there weren't, like, a lot of jokes... Because they were really pumping the laugh track through so many things that were like not uh, jokes. Like when the when the, in the beginning when the robot uh, like saws through the toaster oven, yeah. they have the laugh track the up whole there. time. <laughs> There's nothing, nothing funny. No, because I could I couldn't build a robot like that. That in itself is in a is a feat, uh, but it's it's immediately ridiculed. And that's like a running thing too. Is that a lot of the show? I mean, most of the show is seen from the perspective of someone who would not be a nerd and who sees. Literally every single thing they ever do as worthy of ridicule. Well, that's basically how they reassert the status quo at the end of the episode. They were like, in case things have gotten a little too real for you in this one. She yeah. comes and she's like, oh, you guys are crying because your dumb robot got destroyed. And, yeah. And Sheldon's like, that dumb robot. And he walks and he, you yeah. know, he goes and he cries in his room. And I guess the joke is Penny, who has just gotten back from having to apologize to Wallowitz, which she didn't really agree yeah, and then she they made that weird like domestic violence, uh, like cover yeah. Story. So like, I don't like. I really want to talk about that because it's bananas. It's just, it, but it, it also doesn't like quite fit with something where I, because I, I, I don't know. I always go dark, and I always want to you know like, oh, it's, it's really the terrible thing that's happening here behind the scenes. But in this one, it's it's Penny breaks Wallowitz's nose. They're lying. Uh, they're sitting together on on Wallowitz's bed. He's reliving all of his childhood girl-related traumas. Uh, and in a moment of, of sympathy from Penny, he goes in for the kiss. She blasts his face. And when they show up at the apartment later, he is like black and blue all over with a bandage on his nose. And it's what he... He slipped in the tub or something? Or like, yeah, he, he fell, fell in a bathroom. He fell in the bathroom, I think getting out of the tub. Yeah. Yes. It's, Which is, yeah, is exactly a story that you would say. Yeah. Well, do you know what's worse about it is if Penny were to say, 
I blasted him in the face. Everyone would be like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, that's... Right. Like, it's, it's hiding it is worse than if she just owned it. It's Well, I don't... So, speaking of things we... There, there were two things there. First off, his nose was busted. I get that. But it seems like he had two black eyes. I couldn't tell. If it that looked was... like more than one punch. Yeah, that's what I was like. It looked like. <laughs> but... It didn't look like she just punched him once. It looked like she grabbed him and gone for like the triple knuckle sandwich on he, his face. He did look pretty bad. But Which also, I kind of like to imagine. <laughs> my, my understanding is that if you if you break a nose, like really break it, you will get black eyes also. I but see. So I don't know so that they, for sure. So that was the one time they were being like super hyper realistic <laughs> and consistent. Like we yeah, gotta get yeah. this. Um, we gotta get the physical pathology of this nose break on point, or the fans will just totally lose their immersion in the show. I mean, that is the kind of thing that fan communities would freak out about. Like, that's... How you... Okay. This is... Rabbit hole. It's not rabbit hole time. It's just, I'm trying to fathom what the hardcore Big Bang Theory fan community is like. (laughs) Because it exists, right? There's got to be internet forums out there that are just nuts about the Big Bang Theory, and they're big, awful nerds about it, and they're the exact kind of people that are, like, it, it, it's like, you'd be nitpicking the bully for the way he makes fun of you, is all I can imagine it is. I have no idea, so... I mean, well, neither do I! This is conjecture, Kyle. Do you think it is, like, a diehard fan base, or do you think... Because I had one friend who was similar to me in that he had never watched... The full, uh, like a full episode, but also hated it. But then he got some job where he was like really tired when he would come home, and he no. would just turn it on, and he no. would just be like, "This is the greatest mindless background noise no. that I can have on." You're... So, do you think that is all of America is just putting it on because it's well, mindless background noise? Well, that yes. is, yeah, that is my experience of the <laughs> of the big because um, I've watched. The whole reason, like, basically, like, one of the things Nick could not believe about me when we first met was I just mentioned passing. I did actually watch, like, the first three seasons of The Big Bang Theory at one point in my life. I have trouble believing that now. (laughs) It still upsets me. I forgot that about you. (laughs) And, uh, like, I I remembered the part of this episode. I didn't remember he gets punched, but I remember the part of this episode where Penny is like, you can't die alone, Wallowitz. Um, But, uh... Like, that was a bad time. Like, that was when I was working, like, the the third shift at a gas station in the middle of Philadelphia. And it's, like, every, you know, I would come home at, like, 8 in the morning when most people were just getting up. But I couldn't fall asleep yet because the suns were creeping through the back out, blackout blinds. And I drank way too much coffee to make it through the night. And that was definitely the perfect time to watch, like, an episode or eight of the Big Bang Theory while I, my brain so, processed the horror. I think the ideal... Uh, audience then for the Big Bang Theory are the countless victims of capitalism who are yeah. s- who are so worn down from their daily lives that they they just need something to just something mindless to consume. It's like you don't have to be smart to like this show. In you, fact, it's better if you're not. It's better if you're not. You just have to have the vaguest understanding of the broadest uh, pop cultural uh, connections to nerdiness, which is no longer even like a thing it's like the well, and comic always, book movies were already getting bit back here like nerds were everywhere well and they always but like there's a scene in this episode that's sort of paradigmatic where um where leonard is like well you did sort of bruce banner after he's been exposed right. to gamma radiation yes. out on wallowitz and she's like what <laughs> yeah and the funny version the 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 hip version of that joke is if he just goes you know what never mind 
But of course, they can't do that for the exact reasons that you described, so they have to make him fucking go, well, oh, you didn't get that was an Incredible Hulk reference, I guess. Yeah, that's a, a very maybe Redder, Ready Player One kind of moment where yeah. not only do you make the reference, but you have to give the background for the people who want the reference, even though the people who get the reference are the people you're aiming at. So who was it for? I was shocked oh. at how, how few pop culture references were in this episode. Yeah, they're, yeah. Like they're, they're the show's bread and butter. It's, yeah, yeah, right. And there was it was the Hulk reference. Uh, one of them says Jedi mind trick. Mm-hmm. And I guess one of them says the full Monty at one point, but that's not at all what they <laughs> that, were that is saying. Just, that's just word association is <laughs> yeah. all that joke yeah. is. It's like we named the, the the robot they made is Monty. And very early in the episode, they lose control of it for a moment and it blasts through their apartment door. Or I assumed it lost control. Maybe they just wanted to blast through the apartment no, door. I was under the impression they did it on purpose. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it's Wallowitz is like, we gave that door the full Monty. And it's like, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, that's, of all the things they could, like it's, they, I don't even remember, but it's part of the, is it's, Monty is an acronym for whatever it's actually called. And yeah, they just, modular, omnidirectional, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, they just gave it the a weird The last word's bullshit. eradicator, I remember yes, that. They just gave it a bullshit name so they could call it Monty. I get that. Mm-hmm. What I don't get is, if they were just going to use a bunch of words to, that could spell out anything they wanted, why would they have ended in Monty? Yeah, I, I think they, they thought Monty would be a cute name first, went to the backronym, and then once that was settled, they're like... <laughs> We have to have a joke about the name, right? It's like, well, shit, we really, we really trapped ourselves with this one, didn't we? <laughs> All right, full auntie, fine. It's Friday. <laughs> Fuck off. What are some things that would have made? What are some avenues this episode opened up that would have been interesting to explore instead of the thing? Like, I frankly would have been okay if they'd cut the entire. It. it so as another aside, really pisses me off. They made an entire episode about fighting robots, and it was this terrible. Like, that shouldn't even be possible. Yeah. Should have been interesting. They should be experts on fighting robots. That should be, like, exactly what this show wants to be, is you have this team of nerds that could have made the best fighting robot, and instead it's the... Yeah, that could have been, like, their... Like, you know, it would have been... Could have been great, like, them. But anyway, things that would have made this episode more interesting to explore. Number one. Why does Penny snap? Now, I get that it's fine. She just decides that she's had too much, and mm. who among us wouldn't have that? But it would have been so much more interesting if she was actually... Like, there was that other episode where she's having a... Like, where the one where she yells at uh, Leonard because she's late to work, and, like, they go into an exploration of how, like, his stupid hijink... Oh, that's right, because yeah, they had a time machine trapped in the hallway. Yeah, she could not get out of the building, and she was late for work because they bought... The movie prop from the 60s film, The Time Machine. Like, the time That machine. giant steampunk time machine. Okay. And it was blocking the hallway, so she yeah. had to crawl out the window to go to work. So, and she was super mad about it. It makes sense. And so, that was, like, one of the more interesting moments. I mean, it wasn't that great, but no. it was... <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to walk back what I said. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, that's it was not, still real bad. <laughs> um, but anyway, just giving her some... It's like, you know, if you want to explore something, it's like, maybe she got, you know, maybe she got hassled at the Waffle House, to, or I'm sorry, the Cheesecake... She works at the Cheesecake Factory. So maybe, you know, it was a really bad day at the Cheesecake Factory. Like, just a real, like, you know, the movie clerks just day at the Cheesecake Factory for her, and she yeah. just can't... She hasn't gotten over it yet. Literally any sort of motivating factor. Yeah. <laughs> like, also, I kind of want to see the scene where she says to Wallow, it's okay. We're about to go walk into this room. They're going to ask you what happened to your face. You slipped in the bathroom. You understand me? No, I need you to look at me right now. 
Leonard. Do you understand me? Yeah. You fell in the bathroom, Leonard. That's what happened. You know what Leonard. I want? I want a real uh, Tuco Salamanca from Breaking Bad style <laughs> yeah. beat down where, where Wallowitz is going in for that kiss and then it just kind of, it cuts away from just like, the camera would just be fixed in a corner of the room. Like, as, like, Penny, like, <laughs> knocks Wallowitz to the ground in the first hit. He's obviously unconscious, and she just keeps going because it's all <laughs> pent up, and she needs to let it out. We, we, we all hated this episode, right? Like, it's, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I hate it on so many... Like I said, I hate it for deciding that they were finally going to talk about the elephant in the room. Like, a couple... Like, they should have done it. Last season was yeah. the season that was really, like... So, last season... The first because season. Penny... Yeah. The first season was Penny was spending a lot more time around all of them, and that was really when uh, Wallowitz was doing his most creepy stuff. So it frustrates me on multiple levels that they waited so long to address it after it wasn't really irrelevant anymore, and then now that they're finally talking about in the elephant in the room, they do it in such a uh, yeah. shitty back ass backwards way. Which again, I feel like it's worth coming around to in case everybody forgot. At the end of it, it is very clear that Wallowitz has learned nothing, nothing. from and like, this it, experience. This could have been... If anything, a, what he's learned is that it's it's good to fake emotional vulnerability because it gets girls to come pay more attention to you. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was because my mind was just forced to wander to grasp anything interesting. Yeah, that happens. But I was wondering, like, what happened when this was pitched in the writer's room? Like, was this... I, the theory I think I like the most is that this is the first time a woman went into the Big Bang Theory writer's room <laughs> and she was like, yeah. we have to address Wallowitz. God, and I, they said, okay. And they like let her write the script and then at the very end they just changed Wallowitz's last line <laughs> to be like, I'm halfway to pity sex. That is too believable of a scenario. <laughs> yeah. That that makes me uncomfortable. Where I I could believe that yes, that <laughs> even even if not a writer, just someone like a producer is like right, like a PA. We've, even we, we've got to clean this up, and it's well, like, the, well, I'll fucking clean it up. It wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if this corresponded. I wonder if there was like maybe there was a letter writing campaign. It was a long time ago. Right. We don't know what was going on, but you know. <laughs> Well, and I think that's why it wasn't addressed in season one was because the whole crew was like, oh, he's just funny. Yeah. He's like Quagmire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've definitely not moved on as a culture from those early 80s meatballs films. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone still loves the guy that peeps on women in the shower and sticks his dick and stuff. <laughs> yes. Why do we all have this accent? I don't even know what it is. Everyone in the room. Um, <laughs> let's talk about our favorite nerdy thing for the week. Um... Chris is the guest. You can go first if you like, or you can stall if you like. How how, how would you like to proceed? Uh, sure, I'll, I'll rip this Band-Aid off first. Um, I have uh, been catching up on um, Comedy Bang Bang uh, the last oh. week or so. Podcast or TV show? Podcast. Uh, I find the TV show a lot harder to uh, get into. I don't like it. I don't, I don't <laughs> care for it, but I love the podcast. Yes. And so I've been... Uh, catching up on those uh, best ofs uh, for 2018 and uh, even better than the actual best of clips are when Scott Ackerman and Paul F. Tompkins banter with each other. Yeah. No, I've been, I've been listening to the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm getting back in because I, uh, I just had too many podcasts and I had to do a factory reset on my phone and I was like, well, I'm going to download the stuff that I always listen to. And sometimes I let my comedy bang bang stack up and so I considered it non-necessary. But I downloaded those best ofs, and I'm yeah, back in. I'm right yeah. back in. I'll go next. 
I I gave in recently and I started watching Channel Zero, which I think was on Sci-Fi originally and is now on on Shudder, maybe elsewhere. And uh, that show has totally sucked me in. And I think it's really impressive in that um, I, I didn't learn this until uh, just after I started watching it, but uh, it's an anthology, but the, the stories are season long, but they are all based on creepypasta. And for anyone who doesn't know, creepypasta are basically the, the modern urban legends of the internet. It's just... Horror stories shared in meme form. Like, that's how Slenderman started, right? Slenderman, yes. That's, like, my go-to example. Right, that's, like, the mo- that's the only one I know which shows you how popular that, yeah. that, how well, and an so, exception that one is. So, like, Slenderman, I think, was, like, created on the Something Awful forums, which uh, is, like, a fun thing people put together, and then it just blew up. Uh, and so I won't get into the, the creepypasta stories that are based on, because, honestly, I'm not that familiar with most of them. But I was worried because I'm like, well, this is just like dumb internet shit. But it's so well done. Even if like the source is still kind of silly, um, they're just so good about capturing the the like a, a spooky mood. Like I find the episodes generally uns- uh, genuinely unsettling. I'm not. I, I finished the first season. Uh, I thought it was great. Halfway through the second season right now, which kind of the same thing with the first season. I watched the first episode and I'm like, ah, I don't know. And now I'm totally sucked in again. So yeah, hard recommend for Channel Zero. It's taken a very a thing that I think is pretty stupid and turned it into something that I really enjoy. Kyle, you want to go? Uh, yeah. So mine, uh, and this is I've this is I'm going to blame uh, Nick for this, although it's not really his fault. Um, I for the last week or so, I've suddenly become fixated and obsessed for the first time uh, with the music of Jonathan Colton. Um, yeah, that's my fault. <laughs> uh, so the only Jonathan Colton song that Nick has ever shared with me is his cover of Baby Got Back, which is pretty good, but yeah. not... Um, and, and which I wrote a 15-page paper about in law school. <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, not particularly typical of his oeuvre, as we would say, if we were being incredibly pretentious. Um, so I, I always knew who Jonathan Colton was because he wrote the Portal songs, which I love. Yeah. But uh, one of the things that's... And, you know... A, Basically every song of his I had ever just encountered in the wild I like liked, but there were certain like I would never listen to one of his albums because when I was in college there was this douchebag who I hated and all he would talk about he didn't even go to school he just dated a friend he was like a twenty five year old who was dating like a friend of mine in school and he was just a terrible person you, you know mean, one of those, do you mean in high school or college in or? college okay yeah you know, in college. Just trying to figure out how pervy he was. <laughs> a little pervy, but not that bad. Mostly just insufferable and gross and ah. thought he was and thought he was smart. You know, the kind of guy who was a communist, but only because the libertarians have a dress code. Um, ooh, ooh, go, just continue. Ouch. <laughs> um, and so I just did not. And he would always talk to me about, you know, there's a song called Skull Crusher Mountain. It's really good. And, it will ch- and I was like, no, nah, no, thank you. Uh, but anyway, the other day I was... <laughs> listening to Baby Got Back for the hundredth time, and YouTube was like, you know, if you like this Jonathan Colton song and this Jonathan Colton song, here are a couple other Jonathan Colton songs we think you might like. And one of them was Skull Crusher Mountain, and I listened to it, and I immediately became obsessed with how good that song is. That song's is. fantastic. It's an amazing it's fucking song. It's probably my favorite Jonathan Colton song. And then, uh, and then um, The Future Soon, 
which I also really like. And basically... Well, before we go any further, actually, so you, you said that Baby Got Back is not in Jonathan Colton's typical oeuvre. And yes. how, how do you mean? Well, so here's... So maybe what I mean is... I know what you mean, but... So I'm obsessed with a particular type of Jonathan Colton recurring bit that I think is probably pretty typical of every song of his I've listened to so far, but I haven't listened to all of them, which is basically, it's about a, it's about, you know, a mediocre guy, sort of an insecure guy, translating all of his frustrations about his life through the lens of, like, pop cultural ephemera. So basically, like, his, you know, his, his frustration about his inability to talk to women comes off, you know, he translates that into a funny supervillain monologue in Skull Crusher Mountain, and he writes a song about how, you know, when he was in middle school, he this he wrote a love note to a girl, and she kind of laughed at him, and that becomes this this elaborate fantasy about him building a robot army that conquers the human race. And so it's sort of, it's thematically appropriate, it's basically, it's more realistically nerdy than the show we just watched. Okay, because that, so you gave me the, the very nuanced answer to the very simple thing I was trying to bait you into saying, which is, He's a nerd that makes nerd music. That's, yes. That's all I've But it's real nerd music. Like yeah, it, yes. It's, it's really hard. It's not like the fake shit that we just... It's like when you're a nerd, it is really impossible to even your darkest emotional moments to not translate those into like television and movie and video game tropes. That's just... That really is in a certain extent how you experience reality. So like, I think something that we, we need to address before we finally wrap up, which is that... Chris obviously doesn't know who Jonathan Colton is. We've exposed him as a fraud! You're not a real nerd! You're not a nerd! Ow, you! You didn't get the thing we were talking about! Ah! One thing's for sure, I'm halfway to pity sex! Yeah!